from the EBKV studios in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you're listening to BPW Radio on Brotherly Pod with your hosts, Manny, Steve, and Dan. Um, what show is this? BPW Radio! Here. I do too many shows. I forget which one we're at. Uh, BPW Radio. Manny is back. Steve is back as well. Boys, we just watched the Flyers beat the Capitals. 39, 20, and 7 on the season through 66 games. 85 points. Just one point back of the Washington Capitals. And, uh... Holy shit, this team may finish first place in the Metro. Who would have thunk? Not me, that's for sure, at the beginning of the season, but I'm all in right now. Super happy to, uh, I had to hear the game on the radio. Uh, couldn't Lucky get a you. Going. Yeah, I know, but at least I got to hear it, and uh, I got to uh, get on the old Twitter machine, so I saw that beautiful Derek Grant kick pass, and oh. Ivan Provorov's goal, and I, this is unbelievable. I mean, seven in a row. I just want to give a shout out because, you know what, when we started BPW Radio, when we rebooted it, we were second in the we were in the second wild card spot. Two weeks later, and I tweeted Steve this, we were all of a sudden in third in the Metro. And here we are today, episode three, we're in second and we're one point out of first. So there you go. You're welcome, Flyer fans. Yeah, bow down. <laughs> <laughs> Power of BBW I, Radio. I got to be super careful because my wife is not in a very good mood right now. Oh, that's right. She's, <laughs> She's a Cats fan. <laughs> yeah, she is a diehard Cats fan, and we were kind of arguing back and forth because the game was very, very, very chippy. There were some very terrible calls in this game on both sides, and me and her went at it a little bit, you know, just arguing on some of the calls. Like, I was pissed at that Hayes interference call, and there were a few... F- you know, kind of lucky calls that went the Flyers' way tonight. But, you know, uh, I am flying high right now. High, that was an unintentional. But seven in a row, lucky number seven, and this is fantastic. I mean, you're taking out competition that you need to take out. Going back two weeks, we started out uh, last BPW Radio. We were, you know, getting rid of – we talked after the first Columbus win, and then we went out took them again, took care of Florida, took care of the Rangers. Now we're taking care of the top teams in the Metro. This team is rolling. They're flying high. I thought this – honestly, I thought today was a loss. It kind of felt like it might be a little bit of a loss going into – you know, the Caps were going to come out extremely hungry. Their first place, the Flyers were nipping on their heels, but the Flyers came out. They took care of business. They did what they needed to do, and now we're one point behind with the chance to take over first place tomorrow against Carolina. I'm fucking excited. The Flyers were 1-5 for five in the power play. Capitals 0-5 between this game and the last Capitals game. 19 penalties in those two. It's just a little insane. Just Penalty after penalty after penalty. Most of them weren't even fucking penalties. They were soft as hell. The calls that should have been made weren't. It was all about the refs in this one. But the Flyers overcame. Penalty kill, uh, five for five, which that's also a plus. Derek Grant and Nate Thompson have both played their role in the uh, penalty kill. Grant has been on the power play. Worth noting they lost JVR in this game to a broken hand early in the first period. Uh, If they did not tell me that JVR was injured, I would have just assumed this was another one of his... Invisible games where you couldn't even tell he was playing. 
of course, I tweeted that, and I had all the JVR sympathizers in my mentions going, this is a huge loss, they're never going to recover! It's like, listen, you're not even going to notice he's gone. Joel Farabee's going to come up. Sure, JVR plays some fine defense, but at the end of the day, it's nothing that they can't replace. He's overpaid and, and, and for what he's doing. They'll be fine without him. They probably won't even notice he's gone, just like I can't even notice he plays for the team most nights, and Farabee will come up, get another chance. And I believe JVR is on the third line. I don't know if Farabee does that, uh, uh, joins the third line, because I assume they're going to keep the second line together and they're not going to agree with the first pair either. So, you know, I, I don't think it's as big of a loss as it sounds, but JVR is out till, I mean, probably the playoffs. The playoffs start a month from today, I believe. So a broken hand is probably four to six weeks, so we may not see him again till the uh, playoffs come around. Did they confirm it was a broken hand? I think I missed it. They didn't actually confirm it, but they went to AV on one of the... Uh, interviews and he said that the x-ray does not look good yeah well yeah, so yeah, I, I would assume that's a broken hand at that point yeah i'm not a doctor but my medical opinion is when an x-ray doesn't look good that's <laughs> that usually means something's busted up but i was actually gonna ask the exact same question that steve just did because it's all over twitter oh broken hand broken hand but like nobody nobody really knows i didn't know if there was official confirmation but um you know what going back to last week's or two weeks ago's show which would be our last show, when we talked about what we wanted the Flyers to do with the trade deadline, this is why it was important that they made out and, and got somebody or, or a couple of bodies yeah. because these sorts of things happen. And you didn't want you don't want to go into the you know the, the the home stretch here, getting into the playoffs, jostling for position, trying to find out you know who you're going to face and what's a, an absolutely stacked Eastern Conference. It's going to be a bloodbath. Whoever gets out of this Eastern Conference is going to be uh, pretty beat up at the end going into that Stanley Cup final. But, of course, it's going to be the Flyers, according to moneypuck.com, whatever the hell that is. But um, this is why you went out and got a guy like Derek Grant and a guy like Nate Thompson. You knew that these injuries were going to happen um, in a way. Uh, I mean, listen, we're lucky that we got Farabee. He's going to be ready to go. He should be the call-up. Everyone expects it. Um it's it's kind of fortunate that at least it's now uh, where we're kind of a pretty safe bet now to make the playoffs, I would think, unless the wheels completely fall off. But damn, we've been impressive the last little stretch here and people are starting to take notice. NHL.com's taking notice. The NHL on NBC's taking notice. The hockey news is taking notice. All of a sudden, the Flyers are becoming a hot commodity and I like it. You listen to the game on the radio, but all they did was jerk off the Capitals all night long. So, Still uh, not quite over on the national TV scene, but as far as falling out of a playoff spot goes, Flyers 85 points, second wildcard spot currently held by uh, Columbus at 78 points. So what's that, seven that they would need to fall out? So they're not impossible, but they would need to take some serious falling apart for this incredibly hot team for that to even be a possibility right now. So looking good. Uh, at this point, and uh, yeah, it was a two-point night for Kevin Hayes. Lawton had a goal. Lawton had one hell of a game overall. <laughs> um, took a dumb penalty very early on. Ended up going back and forth with Tom Wilson most of the night. Had a crucial turnover, which led to one of the Capitals' goals. Uh, had more fighting, more scrums, and then at the very end there, he had a goal. So it was <laughs> all-over kind of night for Scott Lawton, which was good to see, trying to read some of these numbers while I talk here. Uh, four penalty minutes, two shots on goal, three hits, two blocks, one giveaway, one takeaway, 16.35 of ice time. So there you go. Big night, kind of, for Scott Lawton. Just a, a wild night 
And, you know, he has really risen to the occasion uh, since he was put on the second line there with uh, Konechny and Hayes. It's that depth scoring. I mean, you know, we've had it all throughout, and now he's really definitely showing it. I mean, he was doing well in the, you know, on the third line, and then we had that injury, or, you know, we had those call-ups um, with Derek Grant coming in, so we needed someone to get thrust up there. Bam, Scott Lawton, he continues to score. It's perfect. It's what you need. It's what good teams have. When you go into the playoff, you have depth scoring. You get scoring from all four lines or not even all four lines, just even three lines. But you saw it tonight. You got a goal from Pitlick. You got, um, you know, Nicholas Aubey-Kubel had, uh, had an assist. You're getting it from all over the place. Derek Grant is coming in and stepped in as a 3C. That looks like a great trade so far. He's really kind of stepped in. Um, Nate Thompson, that's, Nate Thompson, not so much, but Derek Grant has been doing good. He had a beautiful assist on that um uh, Tyler Pitlick goal. It's what you really want, and it's good for Murderface Scott Lawton to get involved, especially because we're going to need it. Especially now that JVR is probably going down, we're going to need even more depth scoring. And you got a good guy in Joel Farabee who, you know, he wasn't lighting up the lamp when he was here, but at least he's played here and he's played in enough of these games that you're not just throwing a complete rookie into crunch time. He knows he's been with this team. He can come in and he can step up, and hopefully, he can help us out a little bit. Derek Grant, I believe that's his second two-point game since coming. He played uh, 15-40 ice time, 3.30 on the power play, and 155 shorthanded. So seeing all kinds of uh, specialty teams time, which is good. There's an assist, Lawton, Pitlick, Hayes, and connecting with the goals. And Provorov as well. Elliott came in. 25 of 27 uh, saves there at 926 save percentage. Uh, somebody, I don't remember which one of you it was, but somebody said you disagreed with my opinions on the Anger Navy show. truly, I was about to chirp at you. Are you still, uh, pissed at AV for using Elliot tonight? I am. Because at All the right. end of the day, it had nothing to do with Brian Elliot. I have no complaints with Brian Elliot whatsoever. It was more about the fact that this is another important road game, because he did it a couple weeks ago in Columbus. Elliot pulled out the win there, but it's still... A very crucial game against a top opponent on the road, and you're going to your backup goaltender. Why? I mean, AV is a time-tested coach. He's one of the best coaches. He's you know tenth uh, in all time in in wins. He knows what I think he knows what buttons to push and what buttons not to push. And I was okay with him using this strategy and why I think we disagree a little bit is because I can see his logic behind it because Carter Hart, yes, I understand this is the bigger game. You want him to get this kind of playoff road experience. But if you look at the numbers, Hart has been absolutely killing it at home. And what I think his logic was was that the Flyers, in case they didn't do well today and didn't get this win, they were going to have to come home and they might be exhausted and they were going to have to come home and face a well-rested Carolina team. Granted, Carolina's a bubble team, but you're going to have to face a well-rested Carolina team at home when your team just went through against a huge opponent the night before. You want a goalie that you know is really good at home, can give you those crucial saves when you know your team's probably going to be a little bit too tired to make some of those big effort plays. And I think it's smart to play Hart in that situation because you know that Hart gets up for the home games. You know he's absolutely stellar. I think he has like a 940 save percentage at home. He's going to do well at home. We, I mean, it's, I think it's safe to assume he's probably going to do well at home. 
and you're going to need your goaltender to be on your A-plus game when you were about to go through this giant battle tonight because you saw Tom Wilson was laying hits left and right and players are getting injured, and now you have to come home against a Carolina team that's on three or four days rest, and you're going to need your goalie to be top. You're going to need your goalie to be um, absolutely stellar in net in order to kind of make up for some of those tired legs that are going to be coming tomorrow. So I, I don't hate AV for what he did, and I think it was kind of a smart move. I understand. I really did want Hart to, you know, kind of play this game because it did it, – like you said, it was a big playoff game. He's going to need this because he's going to be thrown right into the fire come playoff time. But I can see the logic, and I think at this point it's more – it's better to – try and get four points and get this home ice advantage and maybe even get first place in the Metro as opposed to wondering if Hart can handle these big games because either way, he's going to have to face it. So, so what, mean, happen what happens it come playoff time? The season were to end the day, the Flyers play game three and four on the road. Do we start Elliott there too because Hart doesn't know how to handle his shit on the road? No, he's not going to do that. AV knows he's going with one goaltender, but I think well, it's get at this point. Well, road games! His 941 save percentage and 167, uh, 167 goals against on or at home and an 857 save percentage, 381 goals against on the road. It's all about racking up the points, though. You want to try and get as many points as you can so you can get that top seed in the Metro. And I think this is the best way to try and maximize and get four points out of these two games. If you trust I mean, Elliot against, entire... if you trust Elliot against the Capitals, you should trust him against the Hurricanes. Yeah, but if he's Elliot's not been as good when the Flyers have been kind of shady in front of him. I mean, look at the – I think it was the one of the Columbus games. Elliot gave up a few first-period goals that were kind of like iffy and like, eh, maybe you should have had that. You you can't really have that against a rested team coming in. you got to try and get all four points. I understand where you're coming from. I really do. But, I mean, I trust AV. He's He knows what to do, and I think he's pushing the right button. So who am I really to question the guy at this point, really? <sighs> Dave Isaac just I mean, confirmed like, a broken I, hand. I understand. I, like, I understand it. It's just, you know, try and maximize as many points as you can because it, this month isn't going to be easy because we've got Boston and Tampa coming up. We've still got to go out and ha uh, Dallas, and we've got to play St. Louis, and we've got to play Edmonton. you got to just try and get as many points, and I think if A.B. thinks he knows what he's doing, I, I who am I to question it at this point? I understand one in the Carter Hart thing, but either way, it was going to happen. He's going to get thrown into the fire either way, so... The Tampa game is on the road, so I would assume Elliot sees that start too, because we're just going to protect this kid till the end of time. So that'll probably be how that goes. Uh, Dirk, uh, Dave Isaac did indeed confirm JVR has a broken hand, so thank Christ I don't have to watch him play for a couple of weeks. But yes, this heart thing is stupid. Granted, Elliot win both games, so the point is moot at the end of the day, but you should still be given Carter Hart road starts, because that's the one thing that he has not mastered yet, besides fucking puck handling, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just don't get it. I don't think protecting him from top teams in road games is the way that he's going to learn how to do it. His play as he's played three road games since early January, being against the Rangers, Tampa, and Florida. The only one of those games that numbers-wise look good was Florida. The other two were fine. He was fine on Sunday against the Rangers. The numbers don't tell it because the Rangers didn't take a lot of shots. Um, but I don't know. It just seemed like... Uh, opportunity to throw Cart, uh, Carter Hart in there and, and, and against a top team. Let him work it out. I don't know. Well, I'll jump in now, but uh, before this game, I would have said Hart's the guy that you got to start in this game. 
and it's because it's the most important game right now. You got first place on the line. It's up for grabs. Capitals have been a uh, little wishy-washy since the trade deadline, and that's to be expected. You know what? They're integrating a couple of new players into their lineup that are fairly important, okay, that they went out and got to try to push them over the hump. But Hart is the starter, and there's no doubt that Hart is the starter. I know he's 21. This guy has a head on his shoulders like no other goalie that we've seen in a hell of a long time. He's been in big situations before. He's won World Junior Gold. He's been named, you know, two-time WHL Goalie of the Year. He's been playing. He's been named WHL Goal t- uh, Player of the Year, not just goaltender. Um, he's been in big situations before. He's got to learn how to do that at the NHL level. And hindsight is twenty twenty. You now go into a situation where you're right, Steve. You know what? AV has to be trusted to make these calls. I got to admit, it wouldn't be a call that I would have made. Uh, I would have put Hart in there. And, you know, judging from, you know, the radio call that I heard, I heard the Flyers uh, call. Uh, it didn't sound like Hart would have maybe, you know, lost this game. The, the Flyers just played really well. That second period was dominant uh, by the Flyers' perspective. I think the, the Caps got kind of lucky that they got a, got a goal there at the end of the period before heading into the third. But I, you go into it now, the Flyers are in a, a fortunate spot where now you get to put Hart in at home against Carolina, and you can really start racking up the points. I mean, listen, the Flyers were hot coming in, and maybe A.V. knew that. And he knew that. I just thought it was an unnecessary risk because when was the last time Elliot played? Uh, I believe they said eight games, something like that. You know, I and I and I get that you don't want to run a goalie into the ground, and I know that Elliot's got to get I'm all for that. I'm all for not running goalies into the ground, but I don't know. I would have thought Elliot. Give Elliot one of the Rangers games. Who gives a shit about the Rangers? Yeah, nobody. But I mean, Elliot, I thought was a shoe in for the Carolina game um, because. Carolina has pathetic goaltending right now. Like you could get, you know, weekend at Bernie's and put him in the, in the nets. And that's about what Carolina's got right now in the nets. But the chance of getting that win with Carolina is a lot higher because the goaltending just isn't there for them. And you could actually withstand if, if Elliot, you know, doesn't have the strongest game, you got to trust that, you know, Hayes, Konechny, Giroux and company will get the job done. Now they got the job done today, which is great. Uh, now they get a, a bonus point, you know, t- a bonus two points tomorrow if they can lay the lumber on the Carolina Hurricanes tomorrow and then get first place tomorrow. I mean, what a call by AV. It's not one that I would have made. Certainly not one, Dan, you would have made, but I can't argue it. I mean, he's been making those right calls too. I, I don't understand it, but it works. Last time Elliot played was the game in Columbus that Hart should have had that start as well. I don't know. This is just a thing I feel like is going to come back and bite him sooner or later, that they're not giving Hartney road time. Come playoff time I mean, when you're on the road. He's not going to play in Tampa next week. I mean, you said, oh, they're going to give it to Elliot, but I have, they have Boston on Tuesday, and then they have Tampa in Tampa on Thursday. I don't see why Hart doesn't get both of those games. Those are basically playoff games. You know, it, I, I, just, I think he's going to select where the best matchup is and what gives him the best opportunity to get as many points as he can. It is a little bit controversial, I'm not going to lie, but I think having the steadier goaltender, the the goaltender who's been absolutely dominant at home when your team is, you went through this physical battle tonight, 
and the team's going to be tired. I know you said you can rely on those guys, like, you know, Hayes and Konechny, but they're going to be super tired, and they took a beating tonight. So I, you're going to need your goaltender to be on your A++ game, and, you know, I understand Hart is your better choice at home, and I don't trust Elliott in those kind of spots when things get a little bit leaky. He's he's okay at shutting it down, but Hart is absolutely dominant at home, and I know Hart can do it. It's just, you know, I don't see why he can't get these big games going forward. That's the thing. It's just it was an opportunity tonight, but I think AV made the right call and he made what he thought was the best opportunity to get four points. And now we're we look like we're in absolute prime position to get these four points, which is going to be absolutely critical. The only reason this is even a thing for me is because it's happened twice now. It happened against Columbus, which was the biggest game of the season at the point. Now it's the biggest game of the season against the Capitals. We shall see uh, next Thursday when they play the Lightning if they pull that stunt again. Because they well, have a whole bunch of home. There's home, home. There's three home games. Lightning is away, and then three more home games uh, before the Dallas Stars Nashville Predators trip uh, at the end of the month. So, only one away game in there. We'll have to see how they handle that one. Just to finish the thoughts on uh, on the sheltering Carter Hart thing, the thing with that gets it for me is you know there's people out there screaming that you know they want you know Morgan Frost up in the NHL. Uh, they don't care if he gets fourth line minutes. And you know what? I do care if he gets fourth line minutes. I don't want him getting fourth line minutes. I want him getting prime time, 20 minutes a night. You know what? Take his lumps, learn the game, and then you come in when it's the right time. Uh, I don't want a guy like Farabee getting, you know, on the fourth line either. I want him being able to play, showcase his stuff, use that motor of an engine that he's got. He's got wheels. He's got skill. But you know what? It's useless if he's playing five, six, seven minutes a night. He needs to be playing. And at the same time, Carter Hart needs to be playing too. He's played a lot. I understand. I want to see him playing against the big teams. I saw somebody on Twitter saying like, oh, maybe AV just doesn't want to show the Capitals uh, Carter Hart in net. Dude, they they know Carter Hart. Okay, what? They've got people scouting him. <laughs> they, like, this is stupid. This is asinine. They know. They're not sheltering him from that. He, I just want to see him in those games to get him that experience because that's how he's going to learn. That's how he's going to grow. Yep. That's how he's going to become the franchise goaltender that we all want him and, and project him to be. And that's what I want to see from him. Better to learn that lesson now in the regular season than it is in crucial games in the playoffs. Yep. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see if this conversation picks up again in Tampa. But, you know. Why are we so depressed? They won seven in a row. Let's get back to being happy, goddammit. That is not my gimmick, Steve. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot. I want the ecstasy pills that Jim's taking because he's, yeah, right. my God. <laughs> Whole different level. God, Jim looks a lot less crazy than when he called it, what was it, a month ago that they're getting first in the Metro. God damn. Yeah, he's been on this bandwagon of the Flyers being first place for like a month and a half now. And I'm sitting here going, you know, back then in, in January, it's like, how can you... Uh, believe that but you know they've been kicking ass and taking names and, and the one thing back then that i wanted to see more than anything was some consistency you know the flyers would win a game lose a game win two lose one you know the the, the, the streakiness was kind of there and i wanted to see them put together a very strong multiple win streak you know go out there and dominate and they've done that and because they've done that they're one point back of first so i'm more than willing to say that the flyers are indeed going to win the cup this year that's a bit of a leap, but, you know, no, I don't know. it's I don't not. It's true. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, according to Money Puck, you're absolutely right. But, you know, it's it's good. This is what you need. Good teams go on long runs. I mean, Tampa's had, Christ, like, what, two 
win game or two ten yeah two ten win streaks or whatever like that. Good teams go on streaks, and it's finally good that the Flyers are putting it together at the right time. I think I remember last year too when Scott Gordon was up, like they were kind of iffy, and then all of a sudden they just went off in the month of February and went on the went on a roll like for some reason february and march are great months for the flyers which i'm absolutely happy for but this is what you need to see good teams go on streets good teams dominate their opponent it's not like even they're you know winning these games by the skin of their teeth they're absolutely dominating those teams they kicked the the rangers were the hottest team even hotter than the flyers and the flyers absolutely kicked them in the nards they went up and they scored, what, 10 goals against them in two games? It was absolutely killer. They broke the back of the Carolina Panthers. They broke the back of the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're going on this winning The Carolina Panthers? <laughs> yeah. What? Wrong sport, my friend. Carolina Panthers? Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> Robert Hag took out Jesus. Camp Newton. <laughs> uh, sorry. Now, now I lost my train of thought. It's late. It's okay. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, you're dominating your teams on this streak, and that's what you need to do, and that's what good teams do. There, end of rant. Beat the Capitals 5-2. to two, Beat the Rangers 5-3. to three, Beat the Rangers 5-2. to two, Beat the Sharks 4-2. to two, Beat the Jets 4-2. to two, Beat the Blue Jackets 4-3 uh, to three in overtime. Beat the Blue Jackets 5-1. to one, uh, And that is their win streak before they uh, took the L to the Tampa Bay Lightning there in the uh, middle of February. So... Streak continues. Obviously, Hurricanes tomorrow night. Sabres on Saturday before a big test in the Bruins and Lightning come next week. So that'll be an interesting, uh, interesting game here. Maybe Carolina. I don't know what they're doing these days. Uh, lose a three-game losing streak. So hopefully the Flyers can capitalize on that, push their winning streak to eight, which uh, is. T- uh, the longest winning streak in the NHL is eight by the Blues at the moment. So the Flyers have the second longest winning streak in the league. Yeah, I was just going to mention the St. Louis Blues. And um, since, Steve, you mentioned Money Puck again, um, you know what? I want to give a shout out here to Franco65, Raider Frank 65 And uh, he got a lot of flack on Twitter. Um, the last couple days because he basically was disagreeing with all this euphoria around this team. And, and I know that people kind of say like, Oh yeah, he, Frank is kind of, you know, negative all the time and, and stuff like that. But at the same time, I, I totally understand his point. I know that we, listen, we just beat the caps. We are one point out of first place. We could goddamn take first place. That doesn't mean our first round uh, matchup is going to be easy. Uh, and I agree with Frank. Uh, you know what? The Tampa Bay Lightning proved it last year. They were destroying teams, and then they ran into the Blue Jackets team that just worked their ass off and earned every inch of ice that they got and knocked them out in four. I've seen the Detroit Red Wings win the President's Trophy and get absolutely their asses handed to them in the first round, and then they ended up learning from that and winning the Cup later. This thing with this, you know, money puck is predicting that the Flyers are the, you know, the, the highest chance team to make the Stanley Cup final and win. I, I think it's a little bit of, you know, what's going on recently with how the Flyers are getting a lot more attention. Um, if anybody has an easier route to the Stanley Cup final, it is the St. Louis Blues because you look yeah. out west. I mean, Baron. I, I, yes. And don't forget, Tarasenko's coming back. 
So they're going to be gaining. That's their trade deadline acquisition is going to be Vladimir Tarasenko. And they're going to walk around. And, the, you know, in the Pacific, you got what? Edmonton. You got uh, Vancouver. You know, you've got teams that every team out west is sitting there going, it could be us. It could be us. All we got to do is get in. If you're in the east, I mean, let's say the Flyers do win first. And listen, I want them to win first just for pride. I just want them to do it. I don't want to play the Islanders. I mean, the Islanders have a little hard working. I know they're yeah, struggling that's right the thing, now. Is like second place, who's finished second place? They're playing the Penguins. If they finish first place, they're playing the Islanders. I don't want to play the Islanders. <laughs> Fuck that! Right? Mary Give me the Penguins. System. God. Whoever we play, it's gonna be a dogfight in that first round. Like it's gonna be just a good old fashioned, you know take your best punch and you're going to give the best punch and, and all that. And then, you know what? The second round, who are you going to get now? Washington, Pittsburgh, you know, whoever else comes out. And then you get past that. What do you got? Tampa, Toronto, uh, Boston, Toronto. I doubt it, but I mean, you should have seen the defense that they lined up yesterday against the Sharks. My God, Hag and Braun would have been the top pair. Those people that complain about Hag Braun. It was awful. The, the defense core that was out there in, the, in that Sharks-Leafs game was brutal but whoever comes out of that east is gonna be real beat up like if they're not beat up i i don't know what to say i i mean i think st louis has they should be the odds on favorite i mean other than colorado and colorado's decimated with injuries maybe dallas but out west it's i mean it's st louis's to lose at the moment i don't i don't see any team knocking them off right now dallas colorado i already fucked that up st louis Colorado, Dallas in the Central, Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary in the Pacific, and the two wild cards would be Winnipeg and Vancouver at the moment. So, I mean, the Blues, <laughs> they would be the easy pick over there. There are three teams in the West I think could win, St. Louis, Colorado, or Vegas. Uh, and the three of them wouldn't play each other uh, until the uh, third round anyway, it looks like, based on the mathematics of that. So... Yeah, it's probably St. Louis's to win. I mean, if if you shut down the Avalanche in their one scoring line, Vegas is pretty solid, but you know they've had some shaky goaltending here and there, so uh, it's probably St. Louis's to lose out in the West. We, meanwhile, in the East, you know, there's going to be good teams that are missing the fucking playoffs. You know, so very very tight race here, and uh, it's not not going to be easy. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, first place would be nice to have for pride, but at the same time, you're playing the Islanders, and that could change. You could play the Blue Jackets or tied in points with the Islanders. The Hurricanes aren't too far off. Uh, or the Penguins could even fall down if, say, the Islanders jumped them. So still very open division as far as who finishes where. Uh, still anybody's, anybody's game in the Metro division. Yeah, and you know what? Even if you do face the Islanders, I know I really, I really don't want to face the Islanders, but honestly, like they're a wild card team probably for a reason. They really only have what Matthew Barzal and a few others. It's not like you're facing a Washington or a Pittsburgh where they've got superstars all over the place. So like it, it is very scary and the Flyers absolutely suck and Barry Trotz play is, is an amazing coach with an amazing defensive system. But honestly, like they don't have a lot of superstar potential. So you just kind of gonna, you know, nut up in the playoffs and take care of the business. You're going to have to go through three teams or four teams total anyway. So you might as well just get it out of the way and just hope that you can do it. I mean, if you're going to be a playoff team, you got to go through the Islanders or you got to go through another team anyway. So, you know, give me the team with less superstars, but, you know, 
I, the, I, Islanders I, have kicked, the Islanders have kicked our asses. Nothing to do with the Islander system. They're like the fucking late 90s devils. They're just fucking choke you out defensively. I want nothing to do with that. Flyers get stoned by them every time they fucking play. Not interested. I'd rather take my chances against the Penguins and the referees than I would the Islanders and Barry Trotz. See, that's the thing. A team like the Islanders, I know it, it's easy to look at them and go, yeah, it's okay. We could take them. That's why home ice is so important. And that's why this surge that they're on right now, I mean, listen, they didn't make the huge acquisitions at the trade deadline. And I know I even wanted, you know, a little bit. I did want more, but uh, I was happy that they went out and got something because I, I just didn't want them to stand pat. But now you look at it, other teams are trying to integrate these pieces. So the, the Islanders are trying to integrate Pajot into the lineup. You know, they're trying to integrate some of the other pieces that they got. I mean, they got rid of Leonard. I, I didn't understand that one too much, but sorry, I'm thinking of the Chicago Blackhawks. Oh, this beer's kicking my ass a little bit. It's good. Oh, um, well, the Islanders had Leonard the season before. So yeah, same thing. Okay. It's interchangeable. But um, <laughs> listen, you play the Islanders, you're going to get beat up. It's not going to be a four-game or a five-game series. It's going to be a six-game. team is made game. of fourth-liners, for Christ's sake. Right. They're just a and bunch they, of and, grinders. And the way that they play, like, it's going to be, you're going to have to earn everything that you get out there. And it's going to be the same against uh, Pittsburgh, against, wa- look at Washington. What We won 5-2, but, hey, lost JVR. You know, and, and I know that it's good and everything, but playoffs are a different story. And in that sense, I agree with, with Raider Frank. I'm sorry, I do. The playoffs are a different season. I've seen so many times the Ottawa Senators dominate the Toronto Maple Leafs in the regular season. Then they play in the first round. The Leafs knock them out in five. Like, it, it, it's it's insanity. The playoffs are just a different animal. You want to be as healthy as you can, and you want home ice. I want the Flyers to get home ice because they're just that much better at home compared to on the road. Yeah, you better get home ice because you don't have a goaltender that can play on the road. Ooh. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> well, whatever. Um... Plus, I want to hear the fucking Wells Fargo Center just absolutely just be so fucking loud. That that game one at home is just going to be so fucking loud, especially if we have home ice. Or they won't have home ice, and then there'll be bracelets on the ice, and we're going to lose in six games and completely fall apart. You know. Fun times. Yeah. No, this isn't a Dave Haxtall team. AV's proven this year that he knows what the fuck he's doing. Dave Haxtall absolutely had no idea what the fuck he was doing. They're going to use the spirit of Sam Miranda in the cup this year, so. That's it. Yeah. Oh, hey, you got to love our boy, our boy Haig standing up for a teammate for Giroux. Oh, that poor guy. Scrap. Tom <laughs> Wilson just did beat the shit out of that guy. Yeah, but you know what? He stood up. Robert Haig got beat like a redheaded stepchild against Jasperi Kotkaniemi a couple months ago. And he goes out there and tries to face Tom Wilson? Oh. Not as bad as Sanheim against uh, Nathan Gerby. Oh, Jesus Christ. What a soft <laughs> but still, game we have here. Huh? We digress. But you know what? Hey, listen, th- those uh, Ranger games, yeah, I didn't watch the second one. I watched the first one. And when uh, Lindgren gave uh, Lawton two, three punches to the face, and Lawton's just looking at him, and he's looking at the ref going, are you going <laughs> to call that? I'm sitting there. I'm yelling at the TV going, somebody jump him. Like, somebody just clothesline him. Like, grab him punch him do something that was the frustrating thing because like Lawton just took three shots I'm sorry you can't you cannot allow that period uh, Lawton take the penalty on that play too yeah he got a penalty on there too he got sent to the dressing room it was the end of the the period 
fucking stupid. I watched the second Rangers game, not the first one. But... Yeah. Do I get points for watching them both, or? Yeah, I get to watch the Flyers beat the Rangers twice. <laughs> it was great, too, because my roommate in college is a Rangers fan, so I'm just fucking dunking on all my friends this week. It's been great. <laughs> Well, but see, and, like, and that's the, and that's like, and that's the thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Like, he was a fucking scumbag all night long. Like, and my wife and her family have been like defending Tom Wilson for a long time. And you know what? I used to hate him. And then last year, he really didn't have anything major. I did. I don't like him, but he was okay. And then tonight, he was just being an asshole over again. And I just had all those fucking feelings from years ago just well off. And I was screaming because he's such a fucking dirtbag. What he was doing, beat the shit out of Hague, and then he. Uh, who the fuck did he beat up in the first period? Did I? I'm fucking blanking. Jesus Christ, it's like 10:30 at night. Um, he just he was wailing on him uh, after um the one guy went down along the boards, and then so he came in and get, he got the instigator penalty. But he was just wailing on him. But he was being he was after a, like a nasty open ice hit against Raffle too. He was just he was all over the place, and he's going to be nasty. And if you face him in the playoffs, it's just only going to compound. But he was just being an asshole tonight. I, I fucking hate Tom Wilson. When the Flyers played the Caps in 2016, that series got nasty real quick. Oh, nasty. But yeah. we had Wayne Simmons, so Simmons and Shen just, and. People yeah, that weren't afraid to Simmons throw down. Knock him out in two seconds. Now we got Robert Hague who gets his face punched in. <laughs> Travis Sandheim <laughs> gets beat up by guys half his size. If there is kind of like a like a little bit of a concern, is that you don't have a lot of brawlers on this team, and sometimes hey, Joel Farabee's coming back. He's the enforcer, so <laughs> he'll be yeah, fine. Gonna... He's playing five minutes a night in the fourth line and punch dudes in the head, and yet people try to convince me that he's much better playing fucking NHL eight minutes a night than he is first line HL minutes. But hey, I'm not holding any grudges. <laughs> I mean, Scott Lawton's got the face of someone who looks like he'll fucking kick your ass, but like he's not really the best fighter, and I don't really want him fighting. I want him scoring anyway, but you know, that is a little bit of a concern that I might have, is, is that like teens can get a little physical, especially if you're going to go up against like, a Boston or a Tampa. They get really physical really fast, and they get really nasty. So that might be something to kind of keep an eye on, but I'd rather outplay with skill and speed but well but that's that's where we we talk about the playoffs being a different brand of hockey a team like the bruins they are going to push the physicality against a team like the flyers to see what they got to see if they're going to fight back to see if they're going to do anything and in a in a seven game series you know when you got a guy like chara back there and you got and you know marchand you think tom wilson's a pain in the ass what wait till you see what marchand's like in the postseason like, I mean, he's just, he's on another level. Teams like that, that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to bait the Flyers. You know what? And turnabout is fair play. You know, when we played the Penguins in uh, 2010, back in the day, uh, was it 2010, 2012? 2012. It was 2012. 12. Uh, yeah, we baited, you know, Malkin and Crosby and stuff into all kinds of shenanigans and got them right off their game. And we jumped all over them and we, we took them in a really long series. A series that not too many teams, not too many people had us uh, on top. Teams are going to be doing that. They're going to be playing that game in the playoffs, and we just got to be ready for that that kind of stuff. I'm glad Hag stood up for for Giroux. You know what? He got his face filled in, but somebody had to. I mean, come on. Find literally anybody else. Don't punch Robert Hag in the face. The guy's a god. That's true. Your best defenseman. <laughs> We here in the Church of Haig do not appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All three of us are clergymen. 
Well, <clears throat> anything else anybody wants to get off their chest here? The Nike will start to hit me. I'm fading fast. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I was like, I mean, it was just like, it was just an all around, like, the first period looked a little shaky, and, you know, I thought I had a bad feeling coming out. Yeah, of the after the Caps scored, they took momentum pretty quick from that one. They, 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 it yeah. was a pretty even game to start, but when the Caps scored, the first, uh, the end of the first period, there was all Washington, it's like, uh-oh, let's not do this. But, you know, the Flyers came back, scored the phantom goal, which was totally a goal, by the way. That should not have been uh, waved off, but. There was an inconclusive evidence, I believe they called it. But when you're that deep in your fucking net, and Konechny put it right through his five hole, and Holpe got out of his net as quick as possible and threw the puck away because he knew goddamn well it was in. But because there was not visual proof that it uh, crossed the line, you could not see the puck between his legs, it uh, it was waved off. But that was definitely a goal. Luckily, Konechny scored a few minutes later to make up for that last one. Hayes Pitlick added on. And then uh, more from Ivan Provorov and Scott Lawton uh, in the third period there to wrap up the Flyers' victory. Maybe the refs just waved it off because they didn't want to start Holby's groin for that long. Maybe they're a little bit uncomfortable. But I saw somebody suggest uh, they should wear crotch cams now, all the goaltenders. <laughs> I think I saw like that. that too. I'm like, all right. <laughs> you know what? You mentioned... Uh... <laughs> you know what? Don't get me started about that because... I've got I've got a take, but it's not for BPW Radio. It's got it's got to be on like an angry and negative kind of show. But anyways, um, you, somebody mentioned something about about a stat or whatever. I don't even know. This beer is killing me right now. It's six point six percent. But um, I wanted to get into some of the stuff that's going on on Flyers Twitter. Um, oh, where Flyers, start? Flyers puck sauce. Oh, I don't fuck off. follow. I don't follow this guy, but his yeah. tweets appear all the time on my timeline. Hands and down, the worst takes on Twitter. It's not even close. Yeah. You know what? Like, sometimes he, like, he's got some good things when he's supportive of the team. But, like, today he was like, oh, look at all the people bashing uh, Brian Elliott starting. You know, and, and, but, but the thing that drove me nuts was earlier this week he tweeted, he tweeted something that said, Ivan Provorov, last 147 games – uh, and I forget what it was. It was like 100, 100 points or something like that. And then he goes, Travis Sanheim last 147 games was like 98 points. And he's like, how about that? And don't forget, he's not on the power play. And I'm like, you dick. And I actually tweeted him back. And, of course, he didn't respond because why would he respond when somebody's right? I said, listen, you just that's so misleading because you just took Ivan Provorov's terrible year last year and you – took by the way Travis Sanheim's good year last year and you basically just swapped them out you're not actually proving a goddamn thing you just took numbers why 147 games you just cherry picked because that's what fit the little narrative that you're saying mm -hmm. and for a guy and for a guy that sits there and says everybody should be positive about this team positive but you put something like that and the key wasn't to you know promote uh, Travis Sanheim, although it partly was, it was also to bash Ivan Provorov and how, well, he also has power play time. And Travis Sanheim has the same amount of points, pretty much. You know what? Totally unfair and not founded. You know what? Uh, Provorov played 26 minutes tonight against the number you know one team in the Eastern Conference in a game that we won 5-2. And I know Sanheim played 21 minutes, and he played pretty well, too. But Let's call a spade a spade here. Ivan Provorov is 
the best defenseman on this team, and he deserves to be on that power play. And I'm really sick and tired of hearing Provorov, everything that's wrong with the power play, it's Provorov's fault. Bullshit. And everybody knows it. He's the scapegoat. This is the, these are the ghost people. And by the way, Flyer Puck Sauce, he's one of the big ghost uh, supporters, a big cheerleader for ghost. I don't understand why. Even though it was two years ago, this guy actually did anything. But he's the big guy that's like, oh, we need Sanheim. We need Myers out there. No, no, we need Provorov out there. He's the highest scoring defenseman. He earns all the minutes. He eats up all the tough minutes. He's the best defenseman. He should be out there. Bottom line, sick and tired of that conversation. I've never seen such fire out of you, Manny. I know. <clears throat> Pisses me off. Yeah. And we got to talk about Evolving Wild, too. The there, there, There's a lot of people that push Sanheim and Myers as hard as they can to try and convince me that they're something overly special and these these demigods and and listen those are players much like Shane Gossesbear Gossesbear Myers and Sanheim those are players that you have to take the bad with the good right and at the end of the day you just have to assume that there's going to be more good than bad in Shane Gossesbear's case there's no such thing as good there hasn't been in many a moon you know he's just straight up fucking bad you know, Sanheim has gotten better as the season has progressed. Myers is still a fucking wet noodle out there most nights. I'm not his biggest fan. He does some good things, but, you know, people tend to turn a blind eye when he fucks up. You know, you, you, Robert Hagel will go out there and, and fuck up and people are tearing him apart and Myers will go out there and make the same mistake and you won't hear a goddamn word about it. That's the kind of shit that bothers me. And, yeah, when, when people, you know, my timeline's always filled with, you know, Sanheim this and Myers that and different stats to try and convince me that they're good. And people, you know, I just don't get it. You know, the, these offensive defensemen are nice. And if you want to convince me that they, you know, Provorov shouldn't be in the power play, what was this? Uh, ineffective math? Provorov is a yeah. detriment to his team on the power play. Fuck you. Okay, like in terms of being responsible at the point, I trust him far more than I would trust Santa Myers in that role. And you can fuck off if you think otherwise, because it's just not true. You know, the, these offensive defensemen are not Eric Carlson. They're not Brent Burns. You know, these guys just aren't at that level yet. You know, there's nothing wrong with Sanheim and, and there's nothing wrong with Myers. But at the end of the day, you know, people try far too hard to push them and bury everybody else uh, to make them seem better. And this is their, kind of their first big year. I mean, not Sandheim, but definitely for Myers. This is his first year in the NHL. He's only going to get better from here. If he's, you know, if this is what he's like right now, he's not killing the team. The defense has not been an issue for this team. So, I mean, he has, you know, hiccups and, you know, that's fine. He's a rookie. He, this is his first full-time NHL season and shit like that's going to happen. But then you do see some plays too, where he's, you know, making up for some of the mistakes and he's got speed and he's making these awesome plays and he's helping the team too. It, you take good and the bad. It's totally fine. They're not gods. They're not Eric Carlson. They're not Brent Burns. And that's fine. They're serviceable defensemen. This is what you want. The defense has not been an issue for this team. They've been fine. This is what you need. This is what you want. They have upside. That's what you need. That's what you'd like to see. It's fine. They're fine. It's okay to be fine. Uh, what always gets me is people say, well, Travis Sandheim's young. He, he takes time. Travis Sandheim has played two less games than Robert Haig has, and yet people are convinced Haig is washed and will never be anything. But, again, I digress. But the heat maps, Danny. The heat maps. The are They're pretty. My spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> my my Intuit QuickBooks accounting software. <laughs> Um, and the evolving wild thing, we got to address that one because oh, like God. these guys just have these ridiculous things. So it's a, it's a bunch of twins. There's two twins a and obviously twins. they, they, 
they, yeah, a bunch of twins, and they got the same stupid thoughts going through both of their minds at the same time. Um, so they released a tweet, and and basically they said that Valerie Nichushkin is having a better season than Leon Dreisaitl. So I couldn't let that stand. So I tweeted them and I said, you know what? What what possible calculations could you possibly be doing that could lead you to that conclusion? And I printed up all of the stats here. So here's uh, here's Leon Dreisaitl's stats, who, by the way, is the leading candidate for the Hart Trophy. Okay, so let's let's put that into perspective. And he plays with Connor McDavid on the same team. And people are giving Dreisaitl the props as compared to McDavid, who's been injured a couple times this year. Dreisaitl, 43 goals, 65 assists, 108 points in 67 games. Unbelievable numbers. He is a minus six, but I'm sure that Evolving Wild doesn't doesn't use plus minus in their justification. But anyway... Valerie didn't that evolving Nich- wild tweet also sorry like didn't that evolving wild tweet come out on the night that dry scuttle forward uh, last night dry scuttle scored four against nashville it came yes. out quite a few weeks ago actually <laughs> the original tweet was a couple Did weeks it? ago and it just so happened last night when dry or the other night when dry scuttle scored four everybody was like this guy's a fucking tool bag because he is i believe he also said dry scuttle wasn't one of the top 50 players in the league <laughs> oh great take like which is like no computer would say that <laughs> What's the, like, what's the point? Like, are you even gonna just watch the game? Like, that's they watch drink. The they drink too game. much of their own Kool Aid, you know. And that's what's wrong with the entire fucking analytic thing. That's why I'll never be able to take any of this shit seriously. Is even if these numbers hold weight and they mean something and they do that, you put out takes like that, and I just can't take anything else you fucking say seriously, right? Like, I, I, I've learned this season what a lot of the basic analytics mean and i still don't find anything overly necessary to analyze a hockey game because i've been fucking watching this team for 23 years i don't need it you know but you know you try to convince me that Corsi means something or expected goals for means something or all this bullshit and then you tell me that dry isn't a good hockey player or ovechkin isn't good because he can't play defense or casey zizekas is gonna win the fucking selkie and I sit here and go, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Stick your algorithms up your ass sideways, my guy. Because you don't know what the fuck. You cannot convince me that any of that's real. And ineffective math is much the same. Ivan Provo was a detriment to his team. And he has all kinds of batshit crazy takes, too. And that's what's wrong with this analytics community to begin with. There's a handful of people way up top. You know, the ineffective math and evolving wild and evolving hockey and all these things that people feed off of. The Charlie O'Connors, the Ted Browns, the Brad Keffer people. They, you know, directly cite those people. So they bring it down to the mainstream and then they feed it to all their fucking minions after that. And it's all just bullshit information. You know? Fuck! If you, maybe Corsi means something, maybe it doesn't, but how am I supposed to take any of this shit seriously to begin with when you tell me Leon Dreisaitl is fucking worse than Val Nachushkin? Fuck you! You're wrong! <sighs> fucking I mean, throat is like, not in good enough condition to be screaming tonight, but here we are. Like, stats have their place, and stats can help you. Like, the, the, every NHL team including the Flyers, have an analytics department, and they help them. But I think, I I forget where I heard it, but one of the big things is, like, Chuck Fletcher uses analytics, but he uses analytics as, like, a small tool to basically say, like, 
oh, I think I might like this guy over another guy. What do the analytics say? Oh, he says he's pretty good. Well, all right, fine. That kind of helps me. Like, he's already 90% convinced he likes this player. The anal- And if the analytics say that he's good, then he'll just go with it. Like, analytics have a place. They are important. But when you're putting them as your top priority, instead of actually looking at the player and scouting, is he fast? Can he skate? Can he shoot? What does he do? Is he physical? Blah, blah, blah. And you're looking at all these analytics to tell you all these things and tell you if a player is good or not. That's the, that's where you start running into problems when the analytics are your top priority and not the actual eye test, what you're actually looking at. That's why you have scouts and that's why you don't have computers watching games. You have scouts going to these games to look at these players and see if they are actually good or not. Yeah, it's just... I mean, these are the same people that go, well, goals and points don't mean anything. And it's like, fuck. You don't win games. You know, the Stanley Cup's not awarded to the team with the best Corsi at the end of the year. It's the team that wins the most games, and you win games by fucking scoring goals. And, you you know, you need players like fucking Leon Dreisaitl to score goals. So, I don't know. This whole... Uh, we could do a fucking four-hour show on this analytics altogether. Just, it, it's so infuriating. This isn't the angry and negative show. We're supposed to be happy, goddammit. I know what's evolved. your brand. I know what's your fucking brand. Blah, 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 blah. No, we're happy. The Flyers have won seven in a row. We're kicking ass. They're winning First the cup. First place tomorrow. First place. They're winning and the, the cup. cup. Yes, the uh, cup. I, I, can, the I cup. can still fucking hate on these analytic idiots and be in a good mood and be happy about the Flyers at the same time. I'm multi-talented! <laughs> <sighs> All right. Anybody else got anything you want to get off your chest here before we wrap it up tonight? I don't think so. I'm, you know, I. It's also, you know, eleven o'clock at night. So, ten forty nine. I'm like, I'm still on the high of the whole win, and this is a fantastic win. We're winning seven in a row. We're gonna have eight tomorrow because Hearts and Net, and you know the JVR injury is concerning, but we have Joel Farabee coming up to take his place. He'll, I mean, it's not gonna be right away, but he'll slot right in. He'll take him a period or two to get used to it, and we'll be fine. It's gonna be fine. We're gonna streak. The big thing is, is just make sure you don't have a letdown game against Carolina tomorrow. Take care against the weak Buffalo team on Saturday, and then prepare your ass for two big games against Boston and Tampa. We'll be fine. This is a good hockey team. Oh. Oh, thank you for We're rambling on there. That. I almost coughed to death and didn't want to do it on air. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> um, Manny, where can people find you on Twitter? All and right. <laughs> is he is he here? Steve, where can people find you on Twitter? Oh, R.I.P. Manny, love you. Uh, I am at Snapple Apple on Twitter. Replace the L's with ones. Of course, we can't just make it through one episode without something going wrong. <laughs> this is the second time he did it last time too. God right damn it, How about Manny! Now? Oh Jesus uh, Christ! Hello, He's alive. Manny. Where Manny. can people find you on Twitter? Of course, at www.brotherlypuck.com. And uh, BPW Radio, because you know what? We are the reason why the Flyers continue to win. And sorry, I was just getting an update on this uh, the CDC, Center for Disease Control. Steve, I know you're, you're very familiar with those guys. They just released an update. The Flyer of Virus is taking over, baby. We're going for first place. It's over. Book it. That, uh, you, we just lost every single one of our listeners we've ever had because of that cringy <laughs> comment right there. Oh, <laughs> All right, everybody. We're at the shit up. I'll be back 
maybe tomorrow night with Jim, provided I fucking survive that long. Then the Flyer fan may have coronavirus, for all we know. Or, or you know, just no, a common flyer cold. The Flyer The Flyer virus. Watch too many Flyers games after all these years and eat your goddamn brain out of your skull. Yep. All right, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Dan the Flyer fan at Brotherly Puck at Brotherly underscore Pot at Angry Negative. Be sure to subscribe to all these shows if you do not already. And uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow, Jim. Uh, until then, everybody, goodbye and good night. <laughs>